The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God. Have faith also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If there were not, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to myself, so that where I am, you also may be. Where I am going, you know the way. Thomas said to him, Master, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, then you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Master, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you for so long a time? And you still do not know me, Philip. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who dwells in me is doing his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or else believe because of the works themselves. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works I do, and will do greater ones than these, because I am going to the Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. So being Mother's Day, we should begin with something that all mothers are familiar with. And that is that wonderful age when kids get to be maybe five years old or somewhere in there. And they begin to just take in the universe around them. This whole world is suddenly, suddenly at their fingertips and they begin to wonder what makes everything happen and what's behind everything. And they start asking those really wonderful questions like, where do fish sleep? Or 
or um, who is blowing to make the wind, or maybe the most common one, why is the sky blue? And as mothers and certainly fathers and grandparents and, and everybody that that's works with these little ones, you know, you, you have to be pretty clever and creative in, in answering their questions. With that blue sky one, you have an option. You can either go the science route and say, well, that sky is blue because of the molecules in the atmosphere which filter out the longer wave rays from the sun, and that leaves the blue ones which are short, and that's the ones we see. And the little five-year-old is going, really? <laughs> or you can go the creative route and say, well, God has a box of beautiful Crayola crayons, and he loves the blue one the best, so that's the color he decided to paint the sky. And that's something a five-year-old can understand. But as soon as you mention that God thing, they have another question. And it's not the question we big people ask, like, is there a God or not? It's a question much more like, what is God like? And that's a harder question to answer. What is God like? And again, we have some options available to us. We can say, well, God is like Michelangelo's God. He's a very old man with long white hair and a big long white beard and he sits up in heaven on a great cloud and he sees everything that happens down here below. And then if you want to add in a little bit of moral sort of a lesson, you can say, and he sees what you do and beware because God is loving but he's also judging and be careful because God is watching. And the little kids go, ooh, that's scary. Or you can go the Thomas Jefferson route and say, well, God is like a big clockmaker in the sky. And he creates the universe and he winds everything up and he starts it going and then his hands off thereafter. Everything just eventually winds down. And the little five-year-old, of course, doesn't get that very well. And maybe finally you can go the philosopher route and just say, God is being. Period. <laughs> and we don't even get that one. So, <laughs> Happily for us, the gospel today gives us at least the inklings of an answer to that little five-year-old question of what God is like. Philip, the disciple, he's... Um, once again, he's one of the sort of dumb clucks among the apostles of Jesus. And he, Jesus has just been talking about his relationship with God and everything. And this is very close to Jesus' holy week and passion and death. And so it's very serious for Jesus. And Philip pipes up and says, well, um, Jesus, just show us the Father and then well, everything will be fine. And Jesus goes, oh, come on, Philip. Haven't I been long with you, with you so long? Haven't you been listening to me? If you know me, you know the Father. If you know me, you know what God is like. Haven't you been paying attention to what I do and what I say and most of all who I am? That's the answer, Jesus says to Philip's question and also to the five-year-old question. What is God like? God is like Jesus. Now, what does that mean? I mean, that's kind of easy to say, but what are some of the characteristics of Jesus that 
that will help us understand and explain what God is like. Seems like there's at least three things that Jesus' life, his words, his teaching, his deeds offer to us for consideration when it comes to having an idea of what God is like after all. The first one is compassion. So when people think about Jesus very often, they think, oh, he's a miracle worker. Look, he heals the eyes of the blind, and he, he, he gets rid of the leprosy off the skin of the lepers, and he raises even little girls off of their, their funeral pier. It's a wonderful thing. Jesus can do these wonderful, wonderful, miraculous deeds. But that's not what's really going on there. If we focus on the miraculous stuff, and that's all we see, then we miss the motivation. We miss the heart of what's happening in those wonderful stories that pepper through the Gospels. Jesus doesn't heal a blind man because he wants to show how powerful he is. He doesn't clean the skin of a leper because he wants people to go, ooh and ah, a miracle worker in our midst. To the contrary, what Jesus is doing when he encounters those people is knowing and experiencing and feeling the extraordinary gift of compassion for them without any limitation, without any hesitation. And his deed for them, his act for them, his healing of them is always a gift of compassionate love for them. First and foremost, Jesus is compassion with a capital C. And if you want to know what God is like, God is compassion with a capital C. And it's not just the healing of people with physical infirmities where we see Jesus' compassion so extraordinarily manifest, seeing God at work. It's those sinners he encounters as well. The tax collectors and maybe most of all, those women caught in sin that so often pop up in the gospel stories and Jesus so lovingly and compassionately forgiving them and giving them new starts in their lives. God, as we see in Jesus, is the God of compassion, the God who always is giving new beginnings to people who've had a rough go of it. So if you want to know what God is like, God is like the compassion we see in Jesus throughout the gospel stories. The second great characteristic of Jesus that shows forth to us what God is like is his with us-ness. It's kind of a convoluted word, I suppose. But what it means is that, that we human beings, you know, we have a tendency, especially in bad times, we kind of shake our fists at the heavens and we say, God, it's great for you to be up there. You know, so far away, sitting on your cloud, while we're down here having to muck around in the dirt and the difficulties and the, the hardships of human life. You know, it's nice for you to be up there. You don't have to experience how tough it is to be treated poorly by another human being. You don't have to suffer the consequences of human choices which are terrible and which hurt other people. Fine for you to be up there, but what about us down here? And the answer that Jesus offers to that complaint from the heart of humanity is a lovely one. 
and an extraordinary one and the one that should leave us almost breathless. God's response is to say, you know, I love you so much that I give you freedom and free will. You know, I let you make good choices and I let you make bad choices because I love you. And if, if I were to take away your freedom, that would be taking away part of me out of your hearts. And you would be less human and less divine and less, less everything. You wouldn't be who I created you to be. So my response is not to take away your freedom to do bad things to one another. My response is to be one with you down there. To get off my throne and my high horse and my beautiful white cloud. And to come down there and be with you. In the good and in the bad. To experience all of the joys of life, the wedding feasts of Cana, along with the most miserable moments of human life when we human beings have to experience what it is to be maltreated and mistreated and judged and persecuted by others unjustly. So what does Jesus do? He walks with us. He eats with us. He experiences the joys of life with us. He experiences the hardship and the horror of human evil coming down upon his shoulders so unjustly. He experiences persecution with us and death with us and injustice with us. And that's who God is. That's what God is like. God is with us. Not from his perch in the heavens. God is with us down here in the muck. Down here in the dirt. Down here in the humanity of humanity. And that makes all the difference in the world. What is God like up there in a Michelangelo painting? No. God is here. With a face and hands and fingers. With feet. With a heart the life that can be ended by the injustice and evil and hatred of others. That's where God is. That's what God is like. God is with us. That's what Jesus teaches us about God. And thirdly, the third thing that Jesus teaches us about what God is like begins with a beautiful Greek word that just can't be adequately translated into English. So, excuse me for a moment. The big Greek word is kenosis. It's a beautiful word, and the best we can do to express it in English is it's that kind of love which pours itself out for another. It's that kind of love which gives of itself without any kind of advanced calculation for the sake of the other which will even give up its own life for the sake of the other. That's kenosis, and that's what God is like. And that's what Jesus shows us through his life. And maybe most of all, through his suffering and death. I will love you so much that I will give absolutely everything of myself to you. 
It's the kind of love which is symbolized in the Easter candle, which in giving light to the world, giving light to us, burns itself down, gives itself up, pours itself out for us. It's the kind of love that is sacramentalized in the Eucharist and the bread that is broken and shared out, consumed. The same with the cup. That's kenosis. That's Jesus. That's who God is. So the answer to Philip's question, you know, just Jesus, just show us the Father and we'll be okay. Then we'll know what God is like. The answer of the five-year-old, what is God like? After we've talked about God painting the, the sky blue. God is like Jesus. Jesus in his extraordinary compassion for the poor and the weak, the sick, the dying. God is like Jesus in his walking with us through the ups and downs of life and especially even in death itself. God is like Jesus in his pouring of himself out for us without holding anything back of himself, even to death, death on a cross. And this Godness, this compassion, this with usness, this kenosis, is what gives life to the world and allows us to see beyond the grave and allows us to hope that we are indeed in God's loving hands here and after here. What then is God like? God then is like Jesus. <laughs>